In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, um, towards the end, we read, Jesus said to the disciples, Go to all nations, baptize them, and make disciples of them. I will be with you always. Go and make disciples of all nations, and I will be with you. Some years ago, a secretary of a church received an interesting letter. Let me just read parts of it to you, if I may. The letter said, um, and it comes from a possible applicant for a post in the church. I've been a preacher um, with much success, and I've also had some success as a writer. I'm over 50 years of age, and I've never preached in one place more than three years. I've left after my work has caused disturbances. I must admit I've been in jail three or four times, not because of my um, real wrongdoing, but, well, my health isn't too good either, though I still get a great deal done. Uh, I've not got long uh, to go, really, and I'm not very good with religious leaders. Um, I do cause trouble when I preach. However, if you can use me, I'll do my best um, for you. And the secretary looked at the elders and said, um, well, this is an interesting letter, isn't it? Um, You've probably all heard of it before. Uh, And one of the elders said, but who did the letter come from? Well, what's the name? Oh, Paul the Apostle. And I think, friends, the the lesson to all of us there is, isn't it? Often God will choose somebody to do something the most unlikely person, that person will not necessarily tick all the boxes that we think should be ticked. Paul, as you remember, he was a bigot. His health wasn't too good. As you've heard, he'd been in jail a number of times. All sorts of reasons why you certainly wouldn't pick him to do much of a job. But as we know, if he hadn't been picked, then, well, how thin the New Testament would be. The story really starts, and we've only got, obviously, a few minutes just to cover two or three, I think, the main points in his journeys. But it starts in Damascus, and you remember he was there, he sought permission from the Sanhedrin to go to Damascus and really, I'm going to absolutely make or bring anybody who is for Jesus, take him back to Jerusalem, put him in jail, we're not having any of that. And he was really determined to um, fight um, against Jesus and anybody who followed him. But remember when he was on Mount Hermon, um, he heard this voice, Why do you persecute me? Eh, 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 what? Who is that speaking? And if one reads in Acts chapter 9, it's a very clear story of how, yes, I think possibly even at that very moment, he knew who it was and he knew that he would be converted. I say that because if one reads the words carefully, is he actually answered, is that you, Lord? Not is that you, Fred, or Bill, or Mary, or somebody, but he seemed to recognise that it was the Lord talking to him. And we know, of course, to jump ahead in the story, that Ananias, um, another resident in Damascus, he was called on the phone, if you like, by God, I um, want you to go down to Straight Street and um, restore the sight of the man from Tarsus. Oh, come on, Lord, don't be stupid. I can't do that. He's come to kill us. He's come to hurt us. You want us to go down there? And, of course, we all know that Ananias did go down and said words to the effect, welcome, brother, you're going to be one of us. 
that takes a bit of guts, doesn't it, to actually do that, surely. And I think, as I said at the beginning of the service, that I wonder, although, yes, it was a couple of thousand years ago that Jesus was here and that Paul was around, though he never saw Jesus as far as we know, there are so many aspects, I think, of Paul's ministry, his journeys in particular, that have a message for us. And I think that's one of the first couple we've had already. Yes, he might ask us to go on a journey that we think is very unlikely. He might ask us, like Ananias, to do something which we think is quite ridiculous, quite nonsensical. But he might, well, be asking us to do something. And he will equip us and help us to do it. And again, jumping forward with the story, you remember how um, this was AD 32, but somehow he goes into the mist for a couple or ten years, and we don't really hear from him until about AD 42, when Barnabas takes him to Antioch, which he then uh, uses as his headquarters, um, and it's from there that he goes on his journeys. And we remember, of course, I'm sure, there are three main journeys that he goes on. The first one to Galatia. And he goes through, and it's mixed blessings, curate's egg and all that. Um, some things go pretty well. Um, in Derby, he gets more disciples. But in Lystra, he's stoned. So when he gets back to headquarters in Antioch, think, well, it's gone pretty well. But look, we've got some Gentiles. Yeah, they'll, they'll follow Jesus. That's, that's good. But it hasn't been a total disaster. Until, of course, as we know, some of the strict Jews come and visit him and say, uh, look, hang on a minute, these people, they're Gentiles, they can't follow Jesus, they've got to be circumcised, got to agree to follow the laws of Moses. Oh no, 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 said Paul, no, no, that's not right. Oh yes it is, go down and get a decision. And if you read in Acts chapter 15, the Council of Jerusalem, and I think there's another story there for us, a challenge if you like, which... Paul certainly um, survived. He went with Barnabas um, uh, to Jerusalem. They had the council. And there was a very wise chairman. It seems to me to have a meeting when you're going to make an important decision, the first thing is to have a good, strong, knowledgeable, helpful chairman. James the Just, James the Less, or is often referred to as camel knees. His knees apparently were very rough because he was often on his knees praying. But Camonese was a very good chairman, and he said, now come on, you know, what do you think about this? What, what's the answer we're going to give to Paul? And we gathered there was a discussion going to and fro. But then he said something very wise, I think. He asked the question, I wonder whether we ask it in church meetings, what would Jesus say if he were sitting here? What would it be the decision that he would make? And they refer to Cornelius, and Cornelius was um, definitely a Gentile, but he clearly had been favoured by God. So that was their decision, and Paul and Barnabas with Judas and Silas were sent back to Antioch. And then something again, I think, a lesson for us. Yes, they were sent back, and we understand that, um, again, if you read in Acts 15, it says very clearly, and the meeting was encouraged. Have you or I ever been to a meeting where an important decision is taken, and everybody... It's encouraged. Oh, we expect those who think the decision taken was right to be encouraged, but what about the people who's, uh, who think the decision was wrong? And to make them be encouraged takes a bit of doing, but we understand that's exactly what happened in the Council of Jerusalem.
Interesting, one of the books I was reading fairly recently said they think that Paul's first journey and the, Acts and the Council of Jerusalem are in the wrong order in Acts. Acts got it wrong. Well, I'll leave you to think about that. I personally go with Acts, but um, one has to accept that there are contradictions and there are differences of opinion uh, in the Bible, obviously. Coming then to the second journey, remember just a few years later, Paul set out and he again went through Galatia, of, uh, Philippi, Thessalonica, Athens. But I think his goal was really um, Corinth. I can toss these names off just like that, but, you know, they were hundreds of miles, as we said earlier, with the young people. But he still managed to get all the, the arrangements, make all the arrangements for a very successful trip. And in Corinth, as we know, a place in Regency times in this country, a place um, of loose living, um, it was a byword for loose living, um, but with the help of Aquila and Priscilla and Paul, did on the whole, he thought, quite a good job, and he went off then to Ephesus. But if you look at the first... Um, Words in, Act, uh, in 1 Corinthians 7. It says very clearly, um, in answer to a letter. And so presumably, we haven't seen the letter, we don't know what the letter said, but Paul, three or four years after he left Corinth, received this letter with a lot of questions. We can only assume that 1 Corinthians is, if you like, the answers, or are the answers, to the questions in the letter, but we haven't seen the letter. And the grapevine said, well, things are not too good in Corinth. So he goes, he writes 1 Corinthians, goes to visit Corinth again, and as you may remember, 2 Corinthians then follows. There was a lot of argument among the scholars about 2 Corinthians, but was the last part from chapters 10 onwards, was that the written first? And then perhaps did Paul overdo it, so he wrote 1 to 9 as a sort of letter of reconciliation. We don't know. And he goes then to Ephesus, and there... Oh dear, poor old Paul, he gets beaten up yet again. Chapel Demetrius, silversmith um, of goddess Diana, and um, Paul gets beaten up and doesn't like it very much for obvious reasons. But he stays there a number of years, and a lot of people think that's probably um, his, best, uh, his best time. Then I think like all good teachers, I'm sure the teachers here will agree with me when I say, you want to make sure that what you've taught the people, they understand. Just do a little check. And so Paul thought, okay, yeah, I'll go around again to some of the places I've been to and see if they really have understood. And he goes, for example, to Corinth, as you might expect, yet again. When he's there, he writes to Rome, to the Romans, and that's the only letter of Paul which looks forward. All the other letters that he writes look back. You know what I've said? Do you understand? But the Romans looks forward. This is what I'm going to say when I come to see you. And he writes, he writes this and carries on his journey. He's not going back through Ephesus. He doesn't want to get beaten up again. So he goes via the Greek islands of Samos and Kos and ends up um, back um, in Jerusalem, but immediately put into prison. And a few years later, as we know, he goes on his um, uh, sea trip um, uh, past Cyprus and Malta and ends up um, at the hands of Nero, where he's, he's murdered. What an amazing man. As I said at the beginning, wouldn't the... New Testament would be thin if he hadn't been converted by Ananias. Arguably, and do have a friend, friendly argument with me afterwards if you disagree, but I think 14 of the 27 books of the New Testament were written either by or about Paul. And I think the messages to us are very clear, even though they were 
this journey were 2,000 or so years ago. Let me just very quickly mention, I think, four reasons why it, they can teach us a lesson. Paul and his colleagues and others at that time, they persevered. They didn't give up. They didn't think, oh, I'm not going to be beaten up again. Oh, no, no, come on, I'm going to sit down and have a nice quiet time. They actually think, I'm going to carry on. You know, I'm determined. I'm strong. And I wonder whether we, friends, whether you and I are like that. If you look very carefully at the first verses of, I think I could say, or first um, words in nearly all of Paul's steps, not all of them, but nearly all of them, prayer is mentioned. He was a great prayer, wasn't he? I think particularly, for example, the letter to Philemon. You know, I remember you in my prayer, and oh, I wrestle with prayer, in prayer for you. He goes on at great length. I wonder whether we pray not just to God, but whether we sit back and hopefully listen to what he is saying to us, how important that is. And the third thing, I think, is the courage that these people had, isn't it? They were out of their comfort zone. They certainly didn't go to places that they liked and so on. They were just determined to take the message, if you like, convert all nations, make disciples of all nations, the words we heard at the beginning. And I think the fourth thing probably is very clear. They trusted God. Things were going badly with them. We mentioned this morning, if you read again the uh, words of, um, in Paul's letters and Acts, his travels, time and time again he got beaten up or things went bad. He, uh, you and I might, I'm sure I would have given up long before he did. But he trusted God. As I said earlier, he persevered. You see, I think when we read the word nations, you think, oh, well, you know, I, I'm not going out to Africa or America or somewhere. Oh, no, no, come, come on, you know, I'm far too old and I haven't got the equipment and I haven't been trained to do it and so on and so on. So, not like Phil and other friends from and then we're going to hear about it in a few minutes. I think when you and I go into Linfield High Street or Haywards Heath or, dare I say, Ardingly or Horsted Canes or somewhere, that's another nation, isn't it? And, okay, we might not want to knock on doors or stand on the street corners, but isn't it the way we talk, the way we behave, what we, our life, if you like, isn't that, in a way, making disciples of all nations by showing people that, yes, you know, um, we are making disciples of all nations? Let me end by, if I may, giving you a challenge. We gave the young people a challenge to read Acts and write down or count the number of places he visited, Paul, just supposing, I started with a letter to a church secretary, but supposing Sue, our church secretary, this week, received a letter um, from Paul the Apostle and said, hmm, you remember in Matthew 28 it does say you've got to make disciples um, of all nations. Um, I'm going to come next Sunday, said Paul to Susan. I'm going to come next Sunday and talk to you all and uh, as a church and as individuals. I'm going to see whether you have made or are making disciples of all nations. And I'm going to make it the 28th book of the New Testament, Paul's letter to Lindfield United Reformed Church. That's going to be your report. I wonder what he'd say. What he'd say about you or me. Let me leave that with you as a challenge to think about that.